Welcome to the Content Rocks Podcast, the show about all things content.ai, .net, and Azure for people who want to learn more about headless technology. And now, here's your host, Brian McKeever. All right, hey everyone, we're back with another episode of the Content Rocks Podcast, as the intro says. Today, I'm very pleased to be joined by Rob Christie, the Director of Web Development and Strategy at Mockintel. Rob, how are you doing? Not bad. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, as we were just talking about, it's a Friday. We're both looking forward to what's coming next after this, so we're going to get through it. But uh, I'm I'm happy to have you on. I have a conversation about kind of your journey from working on monoliths to now being more of a headless developer and your experience with you know, certain tools and platforms and and things you're seeing and how you actually now have kind of started to embrace content.ai for some of your solutions at your job, but you know, before we get into the the real technical aspect of things, I always like to surprise my guests, Rob, and I didn't awesome. I didn't warn you. What's one thing you love doing outside of work? Something you're passionate about? Something you spend your time doing? You know, any kind of hobby? What, what's something that you do outside of all this development stuff? Um, there's I play a lot of golf, believe it or not. That's awesome. So yeah, I'm in okay. a golf league, and yeah, I've got a lot of stuff going on. All right. So here's my judge of that because I I too play a little golf here and there. Do you have a handicap that you carry or keep? Yes, I do. It's, okay. Um, it's like I'm kind of all right. It's about 17, you all know, right. like bogey golf. So okay. yeah. then then in my world, you're amazing because I am nowhere near that. So <laughs> congratulations. That's awesome. And maybe hey. later later on we'll talk golf a little bit. But uh, that's right. fantastic. So, and, and Rob, where, where are you located? I'm in uh, the Bay Area. I'm in the F- Dublin, California, which is uh, basically a suburb of Oakland. Okay. Okay. And nice this time of year, maybe, or is it still a little cool? It's raining like crazy the past couple of days. But um, yeah. other than that, you know, it's, it's a, we get a little different weather because we've got mountains blocking us. So it's, um you know, in the winter, it's kind of cold in the summer. It's super hot out here, but yeah. Yeah. 15 minutes and it's, you know, Bay area yeah. weather. So I, uh, I don't feel too bad for you considering we still have a lot of snow on the ground. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think maybe just some context for the listeners out there. Uh, you and I uh, actually just recently met mm-hmm. uh, through one of the DevRel um, uh, people at content.ai and just, you know, point out that you've got kind of a cool story and uh, that's kind of the, the, the whole theme of, of, of our, our uh, conversation today. Just, I'd love to hear more about kind of what you do, uh, what you have done with, with different projects and, Maybe, you know, what you're working on now, and we'll kind of go to some details from there. So I guess, Rob, what, you know, at Mackintel, what, what, what's your day-to-day look like? Um, my day-to-day, it's kind of, it's uh, kind of an interesting company. We're a uh, one-stop marketing solution for a lot of uh, other companies. Um, like, for instance, you know, right now we've got, I'm working on bringing 33 online publications from an old legacy system into content AI. I've rebuilt, you know, we've got a few websites. Um, I've rebuilt a few of them already into content AI. Um, also, you know, it's a service we offer to, you know, customers of us that um, we can migrate their, you know, monolithic website onto a new headless uh, solution for them. So, um, yeah, I, I uh, have a few developers reporting to me and I kind of run the show on that side. So very cool. Very cool. And let's start from maybe the last part of your sentence there. So, so monolith. So you have some experience working in the monolith world then too. And yes. you know, so, so what does that look like it quickly? And then we'll talk about how it's changed. Um, 
you know, it was when everything's tied together like that, like for instance, let's just say WordPress where it's, you know, front end, back end and database are all into one, you know, installation. One thing goes wrong. You, you can get into a lot of trouble and you know, like, there's, you know, even just doing a rollback could be, you know, kind of sketchy. Um, I always felt too, that it was, you know, it, it's never the most secure thing. I mean, it's, I just never felt right with it, but it was the way things were done. You know, no matter if it was Drupal, Joomla, I go back far enough where I remember there was a Mambo, which forked off into Joomla years yeah. and years ago. So, um, I've been through the whole monolith thing, moving into headless. It just, it makes more sense to me. There's so much more you could do. You're not tied into one thing. So fantastic. Fantastic. And so as you've kind of made that journey, you and I talked a little bit previously that um, a lot of as went really well, you're excited about it, but there were kind of a couple like things that were maybe unexpected along the way or, or maybe gave you a little trouble to get started. So maybe for, for developers listening out there to the show, is there something you would tell them like, Hey, here are some challenges I had with like moving to maybe the headless type of solution architecture. Yeah. It's more of, it's really changing your mindset, which is the hard part to get around. Like, you know, you're not making a database call for every little thing you're making, you know, a few API calls and then, you, you know, you've got it all there. It um, it's also too, you got to get into the mindset of, I guess it's called composable now where it's, you know, component driven, uh, or component built websites where it's you're building it in little pieces. You're not building the whole thing. And a lot of time with monolith, um, you know, with monolithic uh, CMSs, you're building the whole page at once and you're making, you know, a few different, you know, a bunch of different database calls and stuff like that. And it's just, you've got to, it's almost like you've got to change your way of thinking entirely and everything you were doing before it's, just switch it, <laughs> just accept that, you know, it's done differently. And then once you start, once it clicks in your brain, or at least for me, once it clicked in my brain, I realized how much easier it was. And it mm -hmm. was, just, you know, go time from there. It was, yeah. it, it just, I mean, you know, it, I think it depends too. I mean, I've been working on with content management systems till since like 2005 or 2006 or something like that. So, and they were all PHP. They were, you know, I, I can remember, I don't even want to talk about it, but like laying out websites in Excel so that you knew where the tables were and stuff like that uh, before, <laughs> before CSS. So to go from that journey to how it is now, and it's just, it's, thank God it's getting easier and easier and easier. It's just, it, it once it clicks, um, it, it, it'll like blow your mind. You'll be like, Oh wait, I could do all this stuff with this. And it's cool in that like, okay, I'm not stuck with, you know, like just our CMS. I'm not stuck using their API. Like say we've got to use, I don't know, um, something like Calendly or something like that or something, you know, like we, we can call multiple APIs and we could build the page all in one, which yeah, to me, yeah. It, it opens up a lot of doors. So. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying because I think one of my first impressions of this whole thing years back is, oh my gosh, there is no database. Right. There, there is no place where I have to wait to get information from. And it's impressive how fast a lot of these APIs, it doesn't even matter like what product, like SaaS-based headless CMS yeah. is fast and yeah. it's around the world. So, so it's really 
and it, one of the advantages of, of 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 headless architecture. So, yeah, the whole there is no database thing that 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 took some you know yeah. time to wrap my head around. Also, too, like I started to realize like how much more secure it was, which is like a huge thing. You know, like hey, we're not connected to a database. It's you know, we don't have to worry about people, you know, somehow hacking it with a plugin like you would with like WordPress. You know, it seems like every six months there's something that comes out. Oh, if you've got this plugin, delete it and all this. Other. We don't have to worry about that anymore. So, yeah. yeah. And even, you know, I think flexibility too, right? I think when you when you work in this way, it opens up almost using any framework or exactly library or whatever. And I don't know if you can share or not, but like, is there, did, did you find that frame that you could pick like technology X as a front end framework to, yeah. to site in? Yeah. Yeah. That was huge too. And um, like right now I'm using Nuxt, which um, it's just coming from a web developer, like at least like the background I had Nuxt made a lot more sense than something like react or, you know, it was just, it was a lot more straightforward. Um, so like I started using Nuxt a few years ago. But I realized that like, hey, if say we have to make an an app for a, uh, I don't know, like a conference or something like that that we're hosting, right? Um, we could still use content AI. It's just we can write the app in a completely different language. We're not tied into one language for any kind of front end. And that's that's huge. That's that's just gigantic. So Yeah, and you mentioned in, in your intro, like you do have a couple of developers who, who, who you lead is it something where that's been nice for them that they can maybe bring some technology yeah. skills that they can just apply with headless? Exactly. It's, um, it's basically, you know, it's almost at the point where, you know, if, if they're building something, I don't care what the front end language is. You know, <laughs> it works, right. you know, they it's, they all, you know, they all have advantages or like some disadvantages, but you know, whatever you think is best for the project, that's what you can use. And it's just the flexibility that that gives you is awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now maybe a little bit into, you know, as you were looking at headless platforms, you've, you've kind of landed on content that AI, was there like a strong reason or was it just luck? How, how did yeah. you think about it? Um, I've used a few different, a few different platforms in the past. I've, um, the amount of migrations I've done from monolithic to uh, headless, you know, I've done it for gosh, four or five different companies now where like, you know, I come in, they're on WordPress or they're on expression engine or something like that. And they want to move over. So I've used a few different ones. Um, when I got here, a big thing was um, for, I, I said, it, I think I said it before, we've got like one part of our offering is like 33 online different publications. Each site is different. It's a different URL. Um, the way that collections work in content AI allowed me to do it all in one space where the ones I've used in the past, I don't want to call them out, but like one of them, uh, I had three websites on one space, a couple of them, and they were like, oh, no, it should just be one website on one space, just the way the platform was set up. And I had to do all sorts of hacking inside of Nux to get it to work. But like some of these websites were like six pages. I didn't want to do a separate space for a six page website. And then, another, you know, like it, it should be it's API driven. I should be able to just call what I need um, with content AI. The fact that I could have 
all of those on one space and then use it like a, in theory, I could, you know, put all of our websites into one space and use the others for sandboxes or something like that. Right. But right. Um, I just preferred to do this because, and also at the same time, they're publications. So the content modeling, the content types are the exact same throughout all of them. The right. fact I could just say, oh, okay, this is in this collection, this is in this collection. And then when I'm, you know, working on the front end of the site or when, you know, when the site is live and stuff, it, it just, it made things so clean. And there was that also, which is kind of interesting is we're using content AI as a content repository as well. So like the, the entire content team is in there. That's where they develop their content schedule. That's where, you know, we're going to, we're building a front end right now where um, like sales can go in there and get all the different content that they look for and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like a multi-use platform. And I think the deeper you get into it, the more your brain works where you're like, oh, wow, I could actually do this in content AI. I can do this. And it's, I just really liked it. I, it, there is a learning curve, but once you get over that learning curve, it's, it's, I just think it's awesome. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hold the learning curve thought for just one second. I want, so, you know, I think that's where content AI feels that they have a really strong feature offering is around you know, complex content operations and lots of websites uh, with the ability to have unique content in them or still share across, like you mentioned, the similar content types needed. And that's what we, one of the reasons we really like it as well, because uh, I think it does it well. As you said, some of the other platforms out there maybe aren't, aren't doing as well. So I, I totally agree with that statement, and I'm glad to hear it uh, coming from a customer as well. Um, so let's go back to the learning curve thing then. You know. Is there something that you would say like, oh man, I, I didn't understand this as a new developer picking up the CMS? Um, yeah. And it's, there is one thing that caught me and it actually, it was a little hard to um, even find out how to do it. Like it, it took me a little bit, but that was, um, it's interesting in content AI, how you place components is inside of a text area. And mm -hmm. that like threw me for a loop when the, uh, some of the other CMSs I've used, it was just, you know, okay, you know, here's, you know, you don't have to make an error or you just say, okay, this is a component area and you put it in. Um, that took me a little bit to even just figure out. But once I figured it out, I was like, oh, okay, it makes sense. And what's cool about it is like, say there's a blog post and they want to put a, a, a call to action in the middle of a blog post they could just drag a you know a built component in there that's a call to action and right. like that was so much better than any of the other ones i've used that like now i understood why it was in a text area if that makes sense like it, it was just so that was the that was the main thing um and then once i realized you could start nesting components and you know you can make it you know i forget what they're called almost the russian dolls were <laughs> It's like I could put, I can make a component just for buttons and I can do this and this and this. So yeah, it was, but it was, it initially was that like wrapping my head around why is it in a text area? So sure. yeah. And it, it does, it gives the marketers or the content editors the ability to like create kind of rich dynamic areas, yeah. but not have it be like the wild, wild west, right? They can still stay within your brand guidelines or your style guide or your design right. system. And a CTA looks like this. It has, uh, this exact uh, color and hover state and yep. animation and URL and caption, and it's all the same across the site, but not just near this one card in a fixed area. 
it's in the middle of those three paragraphs of text. Right. And also we can limit which ones they can use, which is yeah. huge. <laughs> Governance is important these days. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, you also mentioned that there was a little bit of an unexpected result. And I kind of want to end a little bit with that. The, the, the change in what you saw, like maybe performance of like builds and, and delivery of, of yeah. this. That, that threw me for a loop in that. Um, I mean, I've used Netlify for years now, probably I've been, you know, on Jamstack for like six years. And like I said, I've used a few different um, CMSs. Our build times on this are ridiculously quick. Um, it was, you know, I'm used to waiting, you know, there's been times on another CMS, you know, a, a site could take, I don't know, eight, nine minutes to release or something like that, which is, I mean, looking back, you know, back in the old days, eight, nine minutes, I would have, you know, been right. stoked if so. <laughs> but like now it's just like, oh no, I want it faster. I want it faster. But some, I mean, you know, like some of our, one of our sites, which is, you know, pretty large, it, it's like 10, uh, under a minute and it's live. And I don't, it, it's maybe it's still just, you know, the way the API is built, or maybe it's the way, you know, they've set it up, you know, they're, it's just so much faster and I love it. I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> well, it's that whole kind of like developer experience, right? If you have to sit and wait eight, nine minutes to see the result of a publish or a build, like you're going to get in coffee, you're getting distracted. Someone's right. trying to get you on a team's call or some craziness these days, but to have it be faster, you know, it, it's, it's a benefit to you too, as the developer, but also like the performance of the website. Right. Clearly is much better at that point. Right. And like, you know, like there's been times in the past where there was a last minute press release that I was not privy to until like one minute before it's supposed to go live. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, well, I can't get this up in a minute, you know, like, like it's just right. not going to happen the way it does. Like you've got to give me like at least 10 minutes lead time. So, um, like if I have to worry about that now, I, it's just like, all right, yeah, fine. I, I'll do it. You know? <laughs> Well, fantastic. You know, I have a feeling, Rob, that you and I could probably open a, a, a nice cold beverage and see here for probably another two hours talking about <laughs> all the, the fun things and even the, some of the gotchas that we talked about. But I, I really appreciate you sharing the insights of, you know, being that developer who's kind of helping along the journey to Headless from Monolith. So uh, uh, I'm happy that you're happy with Content.ai because we, we generally like it here as well at BizStream. And, um, you know, Hey, in the future, I hope you keep using it and keep loving it. But uh, we should probably wrap here because I think we're, we're running out of time. Sure. And, um, you know, we'll talk about that golf thing maybe offline a little bit. Right, you know, right. More everyone else. Because I'm curious about courses and all sorts of things over there in, in the West Coast. But um, I can't thank you enough, Rob. So I really appreciate your time. Okay, cool. Hey, yeah, thanks a lot. This was uh, fun. <laughs>